Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. We're in the seventh chapter of the book of Isaiah. It's been called the fifth epistle, just like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were so great uh, in the New Testament. So was Isaiah in the Old Testament. All these books are pointing towards Jesus Christ. And likewise, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, it's all pointing to Jesus Christ when you when you study the Word. So, um, to set the stage, um, God is just... As we saw in verse six, God, in chapter six, God has just called Isaiah to uh, to minister to the people. Uh, Isaiah has just seen the Lord on His throne in His glory when He just went to the temple to 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 worship. King Uzziah had just died. Israel, uh, the lower the the lower part of Israel. Well, there's there's different different sections. We refer to Israel as the nation, but but when you think about like the states of Israel, you've got the northern kingdom called Israel and the southern kingdom called Judah. Well, in the southern kingdom, Judah, that's where Jerusalem is. King Uzziah had just died. He was a good king. He lived 52 years. Um, he was the last great king of Israel, that the, the last hurrah, you know, he was the last Uzzah. <laughs> so um, it's been said that Israel would never again regain that kind of glory that it had under that last king, Uzziah. So now King Uzziah is dead. It, um, we find uh Isaiah in the temple worshiping, and boom, he sees the Lord sitting on his throne as if to say, you know, why are you guys so sad? You know, the earthly king died, but the living king still lives. And so he uh, he calls us, uh, Isaiah to go out and, and let, let the nation know uh, that the, the lower kingdom of Judah is going to be in for trouble. They are headed for trouble because of their sinful ways. They've all rebelled against his teaching. And it's it's a generation that he does not feel that he's going to save. So, a very sobering chapter 6. Chapter 7 finds us that now, fast forward a little bit, King Ahaz... Uh, 
which is the son of Jotham, which is the son of Uzziah, is a, just a bad king. They're all like failure kings now at this point. So he was a lousy king. And basically the politics of the day was as the nation of Israel has, is losing God's protection, they're becoming weaker and weaker. The northern kingdom of Israel is uh, that's where up there where the Sea of Galilee is, and sort of beyond that is the sort of the the nation of Syria. So Syria is bordering the northern kingdom of Israel, and Syria is looking at the nation of Assyria, which is um, to the east. Now Assyria is licking its chops because it's ready to invade Syria. And Syria is thinking, man, I am scared. So they are pleading to the northern kingdom of Israel, which is Israel, to form an alliance. Now Israel's going to form an alliance because Israel is even more lost away from God than the lower kingdom of Judah. So this northern kingdom of Israel is really thinking like men think at this point. They're not relying on God's protection, and they're thinking that all hope is lost. So they're forming an alliance with their former enemy, the Syrians. To this day, Syria is an enemy of Israel. So they form, though, this temporary alliance, and they're hoping they can persuade the southern kingdom of Judah to join this alliance so that all three of these areas can take a stand and protect themselves against the Assyrians. And possibly some of the surrounding areas like Philistine, uh, 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 Moab, Ammon, some of these other uh, little uh, states, they're hoping maybe they could persuade them to. But they really want the, the, the southern kingdom of Judah because it's probably the um, the most, other most powerful area around. And after all, that's where Jerusalem was. The problem is, is that um, you got now Ahaz, uh, the king, and so he's scared, and so he's getting this, uh, this offer of the northern kingdom of Israel and the uh, Syrians to say, join us so we can take our stand. And on paper, it sounds like a pretty good offer because, you know, when these Assyrians come in, they're going to come in, they're going to they're gonna terrorize the women and the children and the elderly. It's going to be a slaughter. And most likely, a lot of people are going to be taken away in slavery and the nation's going to be burned. Now, on one end, you've been having Isaiah over here preaching to the people, telling them that trouble is coming and the, the nation of Israel has lost God's protection. And so it's like you've got Ahaz probably thinking, man, times are rough. Where's God? He's not protecting us. We can't depend on him. We've got to do something for ourselves or maybe this is God's will. That's where we find ourselves. Verse 1, chapter 7. In the days of Ahaz, son of Jotham, son of Uzziah, king of Judah, Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of 
Ramalia, the king of Israel, came up to Jerusalem to wage war against it, but could not yet mount an attack against it. So these guys are coming to uh, put pressure on Judah. They want to, they like, force their hand and make the kingdom of Judah subjugated to them so that they would be a more powerful nation. Verse 2, when the house of David was told Syria is in league with Ephraim, that, <clears throat> that means the northern kingdom, the heart of Ahaz and the heart of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake before the wind. They were scared, in other words, like, man, what's going to happen to us now? And the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out and meet Ahaz, you and Shear Jacob, your son, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool on the highway to the washer's field, and say to him, quote, Be careful, be quiet, do not fear, and do not let your heart be faint because of these two smoldering stumps of firebrand at the fierce anger of Rezin and Syria with the son of Ramalia. So in other words, he's saying... Simmer down, Ahaz. You're driving people crazy. You're making everybody scared around you. And you're scaredy cat. So don't be fearful. Verse 5, Because Syria with Ephraim and the son of Ramalia has devised evil against you, saying, quote, Let us go up against Judah and terrify it. Let us conquer it for ourselves and set up the son of Tabeel as king in the midst of it. Thus says the Lord God. This is Isaiah now talking. It shall not stand, and it shall not come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is resin, and within 65 years Ephraim will be shattered from being a people. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Ramalia. If you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. So Isaiah is speaking to Ahaz, and he's saying, listen, if you're not, isn't that beautiful saying, you know, in verse 9, if you're not firm in faith, you're not going to be firm at all. In other words, if you don't have faith, you won't be able to make your stand. You won't be able to stand your ground. Doesn't that echo back to Ephesians chapter 6, when Paul is telling us, to stand our ground. <clears throat> How do you stand your ground? You put on the armor of God. God's not asking them to go out and conquer another nation. God's just saying stand your ground. How do you stand your ground? By faith. <clears throat> Verse 10. Again the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Okay, now the Lord is speaking to Ahaz through Isaiah. <clears throat> Ask a sign of the Lord, your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. In other words, God's saying, listen, I'm going to try to help you. Ask me a sign and I'll try to boost your faith up. I'm giving you another chance to save your people. You're a lousy king, but you have poor faith in me. Ask me a sign so I can try to help you. Verse 12, what do you think? But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. 
And as McGee says, what a pious, pompous fraud. You've got armies coming at you. And he's saying, oh, no, don't make me do that. I don't want to do that. In other words, he doesn't have any faith. He doesn't want to use his faith. And as we said time and time before, faith is more than a feeling. It's not a feeling. Faith is trust. Faith is active. And if you don't use your faith in that trust, it's worthless. So Ahaz goes, oh no, I won't, I won't ask. I won't put the Lord to the test. And then the Lord said, now he's speaking through Isaiah again. Here then, O house of David. You know, the house of David is Judah. Okay. Talking to, talking to uh, Ahaz. And he's not really speaking to Ahaz. He's, he's so fed up. He's speaking like to the house of Judah now. Not really speaking directly to Ahaz. Here then, O house of David. Is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? In other words, you make me tired just talking to you. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, this is verse 14. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Wow. What kind of sign is that? So again, to recap, we've got the Assyrian Empire licking its chops to expand its westward goals into Syria and into Israel. Okay? So Syria and Israel are calling on themselves to form an alliance. They want Judah to, to join them. So they're going to come down and put pressure on Judah. Judah's got pressure. Judah's scared to death. It's King Ahaz scared to death. God says, Isaiah, you better get over there and speak to that boy. Speak to that king because he's scared and tell him to quiet down. And tell him if he's not firm in his faith, he's not going to be firm at all. Then the Lord speaks to him. Let me show you a sign. And then you still have Ahaz not even wanting to call on the name of the Lord, even when the Lord is talking to him. Even after God assures him that all he has to do is trust God and that God would deliver him. God would deliver Judah, even though the northern kingdom had fallen away. Ahaz won't even use his faith. And then the ultimate sign that the nation is going to be saved, the ultimate sign, because now the kingdom is ready to fall, God's telling Judah in no uncertain terms that the sign is going to be a virgin, is going to be Emmanuel. The virgin is going to be, bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And that the virgin is going to name this kid Emmanuel. And this son is, as we see in verse 15, he's going to know how to refuse evil and choose good. Okay? Something that the nation doesn't know. 
So here we have one of the earliest prophecies to the coming birth of Jesus Christ in Isaiah, pointing to Jesus already. But Ahaz is not going to understand it. And as we're going to see, we're going to have to wait and see if he uses his faith. So, what a what a, a very direct message to all of us today. We can have danger around us. We can have faithlessness around us. We can have um, things ready to to wear us down. It, well, what is it? What does it look like in your day today? What does it look like in your world today? Do you have, do you have, do you have sin around you? God's telling, God's telling us through the lives lived out in these people, your heart has got to be Christ-centered. Your God, your heart has got to be built on His rock. If you're not firm in your faith, you're not going to be firm at all. That's one of the, the keeper verses, I think, of this passage. What does faith mean? Faith means trust. No matter what's around you, no matter how it looks around you, it's trust. We're so conditioned today to let our eyes direct our faith. Let our understanding of the world around us direct our faith. It's so tempting. We're so conditioned to it. The smartest people are supposed to be the people who go to the colleges and universities and who've read a lot of books and have a lot of degrees behind their name or maybe they generate a lot of wealth or a lot of income or a lot of money or who've been successful in the stock markets or the businesses or who have a lot of employees or maybe own a lot of businesses or own a lot of land. The rich people, the powerful people, the wealthy people. Or maybe it's the politicians. And look how easily politicians will make alliances with other countries today. Is it the popular thing to do to write a peace treaty or to take a stand? That was the worst thing that the northern kingdom of Israel could have done was to take a stand with the Syrians who don't even believe in the Lord. These were enemies. The great king Uzziah had subdued all these people. But now look what's happening after he passes. The protection of the people from God was, was God said, I'm lifting it. I'm disgusted with this people, this generation. It all starts with the hearts of the people as we've been looking at the chapters, the earlier chapters in Isaiah. <clears throat> Society had pretty much fallen apart because people's hearts weren't centered on God. 
the social institutions, the religious institutions, but the political institutions had all fallen apart. The Northern Kingdom now allies with the total enemies. And now it makes sense. Do whatever we have to do to protect our own skin. Let's go attack or threaten to attack the southern kingdom. Talking about a nation divided against itself. And the king of the southern kingdom can't even call on the name of the Lord when the Lord in His name is speaking to him through a prophet, Isaiah. Even asking the king, would you like me to give you a sign? I mean, he's about lowered the bar to get help about as low as you can lower the bar. I mean, when Jesus was walking through villages, people would come up and, oh, please give me a sign and I'll just believe. And Jesus, a lot of times, wouldn't give people signs because he knew their hearts. It's almost like he knew their hearts were like the hearts of, of, they were just hardened hearts. And he would say, you asked for signs, but you won't get them. Look what happens here. Look what happens. He's he's saying, would you like me to give you a sign? Well, he gave him a sign, all right. He gave him a sign of the birth of Jesus Christ. He told him. But it was a sign above his head because he wouldn't ask for a sign. He really didn't get a sign But God dishes out an answer that was really just. He said, you know what? You didn't ask for anything. You didn't use your faith. I'm actually, I will have the last word because I will not only give you a sign, I'll give you a sign you can't even understand because it's going to be a sign above your head, above your pay grade. And it'll be for the future generations that will be answered. Because you're going to die. I haven't, we haven't read this, but I'm just sort of looking ahead. But this generation is going to have to pass. But this sign is going to be for the future generations. They're going to see the answer that you never had the faith to ask for. And God in His wisdom, He is looking so many generations down the road when the northern and the southern kingdom, we're going to see the northern kingdom fall to the Assyrians. We're going to see the southern kingdom eventually fall to the Babylonians. And after that, We're going to see the nation of kingdom again fall to the Romans.
But God's even looking farther down the road. He's looking to our generation. We have that gift that fulfills that prophecy. How many times did Jesus look back to the book of Isaiah? Because the book of Isaiah first prophesied about Him. So, I hope this was helpful and encouraging to you. It is to me. This is a very, very powerful book. We already have high-stakes drama in Isaiah. Just like we have high-stakes drama in the New Testament when Jesus is is uh, getting ready to be born, there's a lot of high-stakes political drama. Well, it just is just as high-stakes political drama right now. The nation is getting ready to fall. Of course, when Jesus comes in, the nation is already again in captivity. So, how are we? Are we living in captivity as well? Or are we... Or is our heart like a nation being threatened to be held captive? Is our heart being threatened from sin, worry, doubt, getting ready to invade just like the Assyrians? Is it tearing your heart to make allegiances with things that you know aren't right, just like the Northern Kingdom did with the Assyrians? make allegiances that aren't correct? Is your heart thinking like the southern kingdom saying, I don't know what to do. I'm paralyzed. Even when God's knocking at your door saying, look, you want a sign that I'm going to take care of you? I've provided you a sign even if you're too shaky to ask. And that sign is Jesus Christ. That sign is that a virgin delivered a child. You want a sign to know everything's going to be okay? That's your sign. He's given a sign, a miraculous sign, to every single person that will call on His name. He's given you that sign. The sign that King Ahaz was too scared to ask for or too timid or too faithless to ask for. If you're not strong in your faith, if you're not firm in your faith, you won't be firm. That sign is for you if you have faith to ask for it. Because that King Jesus Christ was born for you. So again, I hope this was helpful to you. Powerful book. Powerful, powerful scriptural lessons for us today. So for me to all of you, God bless you. I'll see you next time. And now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host, Matali. Matali, take it away. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Today's teaching focuses on Isaiah's prophecy of the coming of the Messiah, 
the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Isaiah made this prophecy um, many years ago before Christ was actually um, born. So Isaiah was, um, he was a, he, he was a prophet that, um, that God chose, um, in, um, in, um, in Israel and he, he was prophesying, um, about, um, the different, um, the different um, 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 outcomes or events that will take place because of um, the unfaithfulness of the people of Israel, um, of the people of Judah. So, um, and um, Isaiah got the calling after um, the death of King um, Uzziah. This is when um, Isaiah... Uh, um, Isaiah was a man of God before the calling. And, um, you know, when King Uzziah died, he was like um, the last good king of, of, of um, Israel. And, um, you know, Isaiah was weary and, and, and you know, was, was sad and somber. And, um, you know, in, in verse 8, we saw um, Isaiah going to the temple. Um, he started, like, um, his, verse, verse 6 actually started out on um you know on a doleful note where Isaiah was um had actually gone to the temple and you know he was he was um he was looking at it like you know their 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 human king had had died their human good king had just died and he was kind of worried um to you know with what was going to happen because the king that's um Azar who was the son of um Jotham um, and Jotham was the son of King Uzziah, who was a, a grandfather to um, Azar, was taking over. And Jotham um, um, was kind of a rascal. Um, he was actually a rascal. He was a problem king. He was not a good king at all. He was pious, very pompous, and, 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 and all. And Isaiah was seeing, um, um, you know, the different... Um, um, you know, prophecies that he was actually uh, being given. He was seeing the visions from God of, well, like God was not actually happy with um, with um, the people of Israel, with the chosen people. So, um, and Isaiah was, um, he was a well-respected um, prophet and people um, believed in him because um, most of the things he prophesied came to pass. So, you know, um, it's like, if you have somebody prophesying something um, and say, for example, they prophesy something that's going to happen a thousand years from now and, you know, you and I will not be around a thousand years, it's kind of hard to believe that person. So a prophet um, back then in the day used to prophesy, you know, local things that would actually happen um, within a period of time, um, within a generation when he's actually around and Isaiah's prophecies always um, actually came to pass. So, um, verse 14, it focuses on a prophecy, um, that, um, that generation that was actually, um, there, um, uh, was not going to be around when that prophecy was actually fulfilled. And that was the birth of Jesus Christ. And verse 14 reads, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call 
him Emmanuel. So, um, you know, Emmanuel meaning God is with us. So, um, you know, King um, Aza was not the greatest of kings. He wasn't a good king at all. And, um, you know, chapter one of, um, sorry, um, chapter seven of verse one reads, now it came to pass in the days of um, Aza, the son of Jotham, the son of um, Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem and to make war against it, but could not prevail against it. So, um, you know, they were, um, Jerusalem was under attack by, um, you know, um, by the Syrians and, um, and, you know, um, God used to give, um, Isaiah, um, all these visions and he used to prophesy and, um, King Azar, um, was being the rascal he was, um, um, he, he had, he, he, he was very pious and felt, you know, he didn't actually need God in his life. So, um, here, um, Here, um, in, in, if, if we look at scripture, like starting from verse 10, it says, um, Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Azza, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Azza said, you know, um, Azza, the Lord actually um, spoke to um, Azza, but Azza, you know, responded, he was so pious and so pompous. And um, he said, I will not ask, no will I test the Lord? You know, very pompous way of actually responding to the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, um, O David, O house of David, um, is it a small thing for you to weary, for you to weary men? Uh, but will you weary my God also? So, um, you know, Azza did not actually... Um, you know, he felt he actually didn't need the Lord. So, um, and the Lord showed Isaiah a vision of, um, um, and this was in verse 14. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call him um, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey he shall eat and he may uh, know to refuse the evil and choose good. Um, for before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, um, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both, um, her kings. The Lord will bring the king of Assyria upon you and your people and your father's house days that have not come since the day that, um, Ephraim departed from Judah. So here Isaiah was saying, you know, behold, um, because the Lord actually um, protected, um, um, you know, um, Jerusalem from the attack of, of, of the Syrians. Because if we go back to verse 2, it says, um, it was told to the house of David, saying, Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim. So his heart and the heart of his people were moved as the trees of the woods are moved with the wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go now and meet Azza, um, you and 
sheer jasab, um, your son at the end of the aqueduct from the upper pool in the highway of the fuller's field and say to him take heed and be quiet do not fear or be faint-hearted for those who those two stubs of smoke um of smoking fire brands for the fierce anger of resin and syria and the son of remalia because the uh, syria um, Ephraim and the son of Remalia have plotted evil against you, saying, Let us go up against Judah and trouble it, and let us make a gap in its wall for ourselves and set a king over them, the son of Tabel. Thus says the Lord. So, you know, the Lord had actually um, prophesied this to Isaiah and said, You know, um, tell, tell Azar not to be wary and all. And um, Azar was um scared and weary like um you know like he had, he was moved like the trees in the wood you know the way the trees and branches move um so he was actually shaken so uh, the lord said had told um had 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 prophesied had had you know appeared to isaiah and had said you know tell um Azza to to be um um to, to you know to 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 be quiet that the lord was actually going to protect them and um you know when Azar heard this he had said um i will not ask the lord um because i will not put the lord to test so um Azar was a very arrogant and very um pious and pompous king so um he he was a bad king and um he was the king of judah and Azar was the, uh, be, uh he was the son of um jotham and um and um you know he felt, um, you know, uh, I don't actually need the protection of the Lord. We are strong enough. Or, you know, we can we can protect ourselves. But you know, um, faith faith is not um, foolish. You know, as Doctor J V McGee put it, and faith, um, you know, always rests on facts, um, and it rests on on Christ. So um, the Lord wanted. Um, you know, wants us and wanted then the, the the his 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 chosen people to actually have faith and faith in him. You know, because faith always rests on facts. Faith, ha, um, you know, um, if 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 we look at um historical facts, you know, the Messiah was actually sent, and we have faith in him. Faith is just not um you know a leap, um you know into the darkness. You know, just a leap. Of, of, of uh, the way people say it, you know, uh, faith is blind. Faith is not blind. Faith is based on um, historic facts. So um, Isaiah prophesied um, that, you know, a Messiah was to be born um, of a virgin. And if we go to um, the book of Genesis, it talks about um, the virgin birth. So in Genesis chapter 24, verse 43 and verse 16. So we start with Genesis um, 44. 24 verse 43, which reads, um, Behold, I stand by the well of water, and it shall come to pass that when the virgin comes out to draw water, I say to her, Please give me uh, a little water from your uh, pitcher to drink. So this is a reference to um, a virgin, somebody who is, who is untainted, who hasn't um, been with a man before. So um, And in this particular case, um, a virgin is also called uh, a young woman. So here um, in verse 14, it says, um, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive um, and bear a son. So, um, you know, 
the birth of Christ was a pure birth. And, um, you know, some people, uh, you know, we have a lot of um, critics and cynics who tend to say, you know, probably Mary, maybe Mary was not a virgin. Um, but scripture here has, um, is written, if we go to verse 16 of Genesis chapter 24, it reads, um, now the young woman was very beautiful to behold a virgin. No man had known her and she went down to the well, filled her pitcher and came up. So, um, a virgin here in scripture is also referred to as a young woman. Um, so in, 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 in certain instances, uh, Mary was referred to as, um, you know, a young woman, her being a virgin, um, uh, because, a uh, virgin, young woman was also a term that was actually used for, um, uh, a virgin. So, um, if we look at, um, Matthew, if we go to Matthew chapter one, verse 18, um, it reads, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows, after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secret, uh, um, minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought, about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid or take to you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So here, um, Mary was, uh, Jesus was actually conceived by, um, you know, through the power of the Holy Spirit um, and through a virgin when Mary was actually pure and um, holy. So, um, and um, this prophecy was given many years ago by Isaiah that a virgin was to conceive, um, you know, it was going to be an immaculate concep uh, conception and his name was going to be um, Emmanuel meaning um, God is with us. So, um, and and this um, uh, child that was to be born was the firstborn of all creation. So, um, God, uh, Christ was the firstborn before anything else was actually created because he existed before creation was actually even created, before everything here on earth was actually created. He did exist. It's written in Colossians chapter uh, 15, verse... Colossians, sorry, chapter 1, verse 15, which reads... Um, um, this is a letter from Paul. It was written by Paul. So it reads, um, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So um, Christ Jesus was the firstborn of, um, is the firstborn of all creation, um, and he was conceived immaculately through immaculate con uh, conception through a virgin who's uh, a young lady, Mary, who was pure, who had never met any man. So, um, and he is a ruler of all creation, um, as is written in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. And, um, you know, he is the firstborn son. If we go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 17, um, it reads, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises of, um, offered 
up his only begotten son. So, um, you know, here Isaac's firstborn son, or Abraham's firstborn son, sorry, was Isaac. And um, he offered, um, um, he had offered up Isaac and um, he who had received the promises, this was Abraham who had received the promises. Um, he's the one who offered up his only begotten son and that was Jesus Christ who is the firstborn of all creation. And um, he is the ruler of all creation. If we look at in Revelations chapter 3, verse um, 11 it reads um, behold I am coming quickly hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown so he is the ruler of all creation he is coming um, to redeem us he is coming to um, in his second coming, he is coming to rule over all, all his creation because he is in charge of all creation. So, um, you know, he is um, the unique son and he is from the eternal father. He is our savior and he is our God. And he was virgin born as it was prophesied by Isaiah. And there is actually scripture here to actually prove it that Isaiah prophesied that many years ago and he was born of the virgin Mary. A young lady, and um, he is, you know, um, man of man, and he is, um, uh, um, you know, God above all gods. So yeah, this is today's teaching about um, Isaiah's prophecy, which was many years ago, and um, it came to actually pass. Um, so yeah, this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. God bless and have a pleasant Monday. Bye bye. <laughs>